We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's the True Faith Podcast. I am Charlotte Robson. I'm joined today by Alex Hirst and Ben Wade. And we are going to, I think some of us reluctantly talk a little bit about what the heck is going on. Um, This, of course, has been a very strange, God, like 17 weeks really, but um, week or so for for Newcastle United in our strange soap opera um, club. Um, we are going to specifically discuss the letter that the Premier League have sent Chion Wura this week that she posted on to her Twitter, um, signed by Richard Masters. Um, and um, we'll get into sort of how we're feeling about the takeover or failed takeover or what's going on and sort of how we're feeling generally. I mean. Uh, let's talk. We'll talk about the letter um, first, I think. Um, so, for those of you who haven't um, read it, um, it's a, a reasonably detailed letter from the Premier League sent to Chian Wura um, off the back of, you know, the trust sort of campaign to get uh, members of Parliament to put some pressure onto the Premier League for a little bit of clarity around what on earth has been going on with the takeover, um, of course, PIF and the consortium pulled out and there was just no clarity. And um, as fans and as paying football viewers, um, that was, that's not ideal. We want to know what is going on and why why it all sort of played out the way that it did. Um, So I think Richard Masters attempted to address some of it in the letter, um, you know, I encourage you to go and read it if you'd like. And then, of course, there's various analyses um, across um, across different publications. Um, you know, the Athletic, the Chronicle, everyone's had a had a look at it and is um, offering their two cents. And now, so are we, Alex. What's your um, sort of first reactions to the letter when you read it? Well, the first thing that happened for me, Charlotte, has uh, got several phone calls saying have you have you seen the letter have you read the letter and teach person not to say no i can't read it because you're ringing me about it <laughs> and stopping me from reading it um but i realized you know obviously that it was it was quite important and like we have as a fan base and particularly at the supporters trust been campaigning for some answers from the premier league uh, ever since the news that the pif had supposedly pulled out of the deal and the Day really 
did her interview with George Culkin in The Athletic, where she kind of said, this is over to Newcastle fans, and subsequently my conversation with her from a trust perspective about what we could do, and you know, her clear answer was, we need answers from the Premier League. She said she couldn't understand, you know, or not just her, the buyers couldn't understand why the Premier League had acted the way they'd acted. And in one respect, it's a little bit of success as Newcastle United fans to push the Premier League to say something that they clearly haven't wanted to say. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, this letter just creates way more questions yeah. than provides answers. And I think that's the frustrating thing. And Charlotte, you're a great host and a great friend. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take issue with one thing you said there, though. You said it was fairly comprehensive or detailed. I think about 25% of this letter is actually them just quoting the questions put to them. Right. It's okay. actually very what I short. Mean by on... that is it's not one page. <laughs> oh, right. It's, is it two? It's, it's one in the, oh, no, it's two and a bit, isn't it? Two and a bit pages. And in my head, that means that's comprehensive. Pre- that's pretty comprehensive, to be fair. <laughs> I think that's not much, uh, not, not much less than what my dissertation was, I think, from memory, to be fair. So, uh, Certainly comprehensive in my uh, in my dictionary. Anyway, I yeah. I do apologise. You're right. I, I, there are so many more questions that it throws up than than answers any. And and you know, I think I think they would. Th- I think they think it's comprehensive enough. But this is a, a body that would prefer, as you say, Alex, to say nothing at all. So, and that's the sad thing. And that's been the accusation all along, hasn't it? That we as fans are completely ignored in this process. There was one part of the letter which made me laugh, which is um, assuming that Richard Masters wrote this himself. I don't know whether he just gave someone like a, you know an 800-word limit to get back to, to Chionura um, and ignore the rest of the MPs, fans, petitions and all that, including me and the trust who've written to them. Although I got a response, but it was just a copy of this letter. Um yeah and didn't address any of the additional points we'd made or the request for a private meeting. Um, you know, it said, <laughs> I need to find the right bit, but it's basically about, you know, briefing and the media and stuff like that. And like, number one, this letter was basically released by Martin Samuels 12 hours earlier. So we don't brief the media. We don't speak to them. Yeah. This, the contents of this letter were out pretty much before, before Richard Masters sent it to Chionura. Um, and also it, they, they say, um, that uh, that you know there is often inaccurate media <laughs> reports of briefing, and it's like they, they couldn't quite deny it outright one hundred percent because it's probably not true. So they've just said it's not accurate to say that we brief the media, and they're the media you know off you know often inaccurately report, not completely inaccurately report, just often. So it's not even an outright denial, and I think that's one of the the most frustrating things about this process is. Everyone's known about about piracy. It, it wasn't the buyers who who mentioned piracy, even if they did speak to the media for a long time. It was through the Financial Times. It was through Al Jazeera, through BN Sports. It was through the Guardian um, and other sources. And I know for a fact the Premier League were briefing because I've, I've heard things myself and had you know things passed on to myself. You know, making representations of the Premier League's position. Um, not that I'm a journalist, but this has been going on for months and months and months. And the idea that they haven't been briefing or talking about this. And like, you know what? Like, who who cares? Like, do, brief all you want, you know, do, do what you want. But then on the flip side, don't pretend it's a confidential process. Mm. You can't you can't be both things. And, and that's the frustrating from the thing from this is that... It's just hypocritical, it, isn't it? 
yeah, oh, massively. And and if you know, there is a reference to further support a dialogue in the letter, which is pretty much coming this this Wednesday as, as, as the trust attends their structured dialogue meeting. You know, I really hope we can get a lot out of that for our members and, and not just our members, the whole support of Newcastle United, but in, enable enable to get anything tangible to allow Newcastle fans to work with and understand and empathise with the Premier League's position on this, there's going to have to be a hell of a lot more said than what's in this letter. Yeah, but how, how confident are you that that, that, that will happen? Um, that more is going to be said? You'd like to, I'd like to think so. You know, it's, it, just to make clear as well, it's not a, it's not an NUST meeting. It's an, it's the Football Supporters Association meeting. We aren't the only yeah. club there. I think there's six other clubs, five or six other clubs at the meeting, and you know the the primary uh, objective of the meeting, I think, is to discuss the return to stadiums, which is important and still affects as all as Newcastle fans. Um, you know, we again we'll pass on information that we get about that. Um, lots of Premier League clubs have been working with our supporters' trusts um, on this matter. Um, fortunately, Newcastle United, this hasn't this hasn't happened for whatever reason. Shock. Um, but the fact we, we didn't think, you know, there has to be an approved agenda. We didn't think, or I didn't think, that the Premier League would allow us to put the takeover on the agenda in the have. It would be dead weird of them just to say refer to that letter. And it would be very annoying, and you know, I, I wouldn't accept. I'm not at the meeting, but I'm, I'm pretty sure our representative there would not accept that. That wouldn't be a reasonable um, way to discuss this. No. So I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that we're getting more. And it goes back to to a lot of what people say. You know, there's often a lot of pressure put on things. People set them, you know, set unrealistic expectations for stuff like this. We as a trust, you know, we're going to have Richard Masters and Bill Bush there. We're going to be able to try and put some of the points that Newcastle fans feel to them. We can't dictate how they respond. Mm-hmm. I think the fact that we're in front of them is testament to the strength of the support a dialogue process uh, that the FSA have built and also testament to the fact that we have united as a fan base behind the trust. I think if the trust was sat there with, with, with 300 members or whatever, um, you know, I don't think it would be on the agenda and there wouldn't have been all this pressure and all this kind of stuff, which is an aside. But this is this is the real chance for the Premier League to to go into a bit more detail and make their case because at the moment, in my opinion, their case in this letter um, isn't a strong one about the way they've behaved and the way they've acted. So I really hope that as fans, we get some more answers um, moving on from Wednesday. Yeah, um, hopefully, and obviously um, for those of you who are members of the trust, there'll be minutes, won't there? Um, sort of circulated after that by the FSA and and by the trust. Is that right? Yeah, there's always a little bit of bureaucracy with these things, and we would want to get stuff as soon as possible out to members. Um, we'll, have, you know, we will respect the process and stuff like that. We're not going to go into an NUFC fans forum uh, debacle where it takes like two weeks to agree some minutes and stuff. That's not going to happen. But we will, you know, we'll. I don't know what that process is. This, like I said before, even though I'm talking kind of on behalf of the trustee, even though this is our podcast at True Faith. Um, it, it's not me that's going to be there. Um, it's Thomas, and he he's uh, he's done it before, and he's very good at this kind of thing. Um, and I know I know he'll he won't let anyone down. Well, that's nice. Vote of confidence for you, Thomas. Um, ben, uh, you haven't spoken. Alex has done most of that uh, so far. Do you want to weigh in on how you're feeling about Newcastle and the takeover in the letter? I mean, the, the 
I suppose just to echo Alex, it's, it's just frustrating that this is the sort of the first real, <laughs> and I use the word cl- clarity in uh, in inverted commas because um, it doesn't really provide any. But this, this is sort of like the first real um, response we've had to to some of the questions, and um, I mean, it, it, it's just yeah, as I say, it's just frustrating that um, they they haven't really provided any any answers and there's, there's not really any closure on on the issues in terms of what, what why this has has been prevented and i suppose that that's that's the frustration is that it doesn't appear to have been prevented like <laughs> that when they're going on about saying there's a an opportunity for a um an, an appeal and, and all this sort of stuff that, that's come out um they they haven't they still really haven't been clear in in why what what their issues were with it so it's it's just a really really frustrating whole process and as you say it just seems to just be lingering on and on i think that's that's the most the, the most frustrating thing with it is it's just it's it's just it's just tiring it's just exhausting isn't it that mm-hmm. um it just seems to rumble on and rumble on and and i think the worst the worst thing is is that the the two parties involved in terms of the the, the club and and uh and, and Stavely's group um are still both really keen for it to, to go ahead so there's, there's still that one. I mean, I don't know what the chances are, but there's, there's still that one percent chance, I suppose, in that they are both still willing to to proceed with it, um, and so it doesn't feel like that that it's done, and that's that's the frustrating. That I'd, I'd kind of rather the Premier League just come out, explained why they they quashed it, and, and basically explained that it's it's something that can't be resolved. Whereas actually they've kind of left the door open still, and and it's just as I say, I, I just want the the situation to come to resolution. If it's not happening, then then somebody just kill it, um, and and let us move on, and and at least we'll we'll know where we stand. Because I think that that that's that's the the other thing is that obviously it's not very long now until the, the, the league starts again, and um, obviously the <laughs> it, I, I suppose a lot of fans will probably be in a position where they um, they were kind of hanging on, hoping that the, the takeover would go through and that that would give a bit of. Uh, reinvigoration and, and passion back back into sport in Newcastle whereas actually it's it's just it's rumbled on for so long I think people are just tired and I know I'm a, the, the feeling I have is just that the, the last thing I want now is is Newcastle United football games to be back coming <laughs> back anytime soon because it's, it's just tiring and just I'm sick of it yeah I mean sort of to that point I was talking to Alex before we started this podcast and um I'm I'm in a lucky position I suppose that Alex is not that um I kind of have switched off from all of this this week like I've not really been checking Twitter and I've been aware of it all rumbling on in the background the letter coming out and stuff but I didn't I didn't read the letter until yes well this morning when I knew we were going to be doing this podcast and and I just feel so fatigued by the whole thing and like so sick of it that I just couldn't be bothered like I was like I don't know you know you see people on Twitter or whatever being like you know this says nothing this doesn't and I just I, I didn't want to get myself like um like hit up about it like I just just wanted to I'm just so I'd want a break and before we have to start watching them um watching them play a game um to me the sort of key thing in the letter that we're well not key thing, but it's, it's something that stuck out to me was the sort of mention of the arbitration thing and, and the sort of offer of going to tribunal. And it's sort of, it's it sort of presented like it's this sort of benevolent, 
here's an offer that we made. We wanted to, you know, resolve this. But actually, I think it's another kicking the can down the road type of thing. It's very unusual to go to a tribunal before before a decision has been made. Like this is a mid-decision tribunal. For me, that seems like a very unusual thing to do and quite an undesirable thing to do if you're a consortium trying to buy a club. You know, that's the flip side, which is why wouldn't you just do it? But but I think it was another way of like sort of elongating the process and then and then sort of separate to that, if they had gone through with it, it would have been another stick to beat them with sort of thing because it would have meant that Saudi either would or wouldn't, but probably would have had to say, yes, it's the state who are, and maybe that's the wrong, a wrong reading of it, but that's, that's sort of how I saw it then. I was just going to say, um, just on that, on on that point there, I mean, I know they've got a lot of money, but again, like <laughs> just the, the actual cost of, of having to, to get sort of the, the lawyers involved in terms of uh, the research and stuff. It's, it's not as if it's something that you would, yeah. you would undertake lightly. Do you know what I mean? And, it's cost and, and it's time. Exactly. Like, tribunals take a lot of time. Exactly. And especially when you don't really know what you're, <laughs> what, what you're challenging. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's not that simple. So I, I just, again, I, it just feels like, and I, I can understand from the PIF standpoint, why they didn't um, engage in that because it, it, again, it still isn't clear on, on, on what yeah. grounds that, that, that would have been challenging. Um, it feels disingenuous to me. Yeah, like it, it's just yeah, it's just this tool that they can use, but it doesn't feel like an actual. I don't know, Alex. Yeah, I I, I agree with Ben. I agree with your disingenuous point there. Now, probably the most disingenuous part, potentially, because I'm speculating here. But Gianura, is it true that several Premier League clubs objected to the takeover, and what influence do the views of competing clubs? having the approval process. I think the word that they should be looking to kick their answer off there is no, but instead they just answer with like a, a just like a, a fairly relevant statement. So, so it's almost like, it's like the non-denial of that, that other clubs tried to object because if they tried to object, we deserve to, in my opinion, we deserve to know. Mm-hmm. And, and if, and if they did try and object, you have to go into more detail about what was put back to those clubs were they reprimanded in any way for trying to influence a process in which that should have no say? But it says here, their response, the owners and directors test is delegated to and carried out entirely by the Premier League board. Full stop. Other member clubs have no role whatsoever in the approval process. So this is like, maybe it's just me and my mental like uh, fatigue from this whole thing over the past few months and particularly the past month. That's just like, if you were trying to like... Um, it's almost like if you're trying to, to create conspiracy theories from that answer, that's the answer you would give rather than just deny it outright. So no one no one got in touch about this bid. Um, if anyone had got in touch about this bid, would have been severely unimpressed with them and, and, and you know rebuked their approach because this is a completely independent process and fans can be 100% confident that no other club will ever have a role to say in this process. Yeah, they'd probably dress that up than my um, staggered ramblings mm-hmm. but that that answer is rubbish and and just makes me think um that you know amanda Stavely publicly i mean she said it to me as well but in, in george pieces in george Gorgon's piece she made that accusation a strong accusation by the way a strong accusation that you know if it wasn't true uh, that's a serious accusation mate. you're leaving yourself quite open there to, to criticism 
We haven't re- re- rebuked her accusation at all. They haven't mentioned her. They've kind of just almost made a statement that doesn't answer the question. Um, to give you, to give everyone listening a, a bit of an idea of this, the Premier League board isn't the same as the Football League board. So, like on the Football League board, um, you know the uh, chief executive. I don't know. This is this won't be the right club, but the chief executive of Nottingham Forest would sit on the board of the EFL and make decisions on behalf of other, other clubs and stuff like that. The Premier League board is like it's it's all independent people of the Premier League. So the people who 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 predominantly aren't involved in 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 football and definitely not involved with other football clubs and this idea of independence is is an interesting one and is a good thing you'd think particularly for this process but why not just come out and say that none of those people were approached by anyone from Premier League Football Club because that response to me makes it look like they were approached yeah it's the, by the, the Premier League Football Clubs they've gone out of they've gone out of their way to almost like not acknowledge that it could have done it. It's like they've, they've kind of brushed over it as if they they don't want to purge themselves. They've just my, avoided answering the question. My wife came in before, just before this podcast, and just said, "Have you eaten any of this galaxy chocolate?" And which is hers. <laughs> what I should have said was, "The galaxy cho- chocolate exists in its own right." <laughs> like I can con- I can confirm that the only per- people that would eat galaxy chocolate. Uh, do so independently, and that's it. And then that's pretty much what the Premier League have said. That it's almost like a, an education, this, and how to just avoid answering a question. Yeah, I would not be surprised if your wife was furious with that answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, so am I with this answer? So fair yeah, enough. Yeah, no, I know. I'm saying, I'm saying. Um, so, Alex, you posted on Twitter that you were going to do this podcast, and you sort of said. Any questions, let us know. Let me know, um, being you. Semantics. Um, and you've got quite a lot of questions. A lot of people want to know if you are talking to Miranda Stavely, your best friend on a daily basis. Are you? Again, not, not in front of his wife. <laughs> no. Amanda Stavely exists in her own right. Just one. Yeah. No. Um, uh, I think the, the, the conversation, and it was a great conversation to have, the fact that Amanda was with it's, it's nothing to do with me, to be clear. It's uh, it's it's the supporters trust. So if you remember the supporters trust, the conversation was as much with you as it was with me because she, I'm sure, has better things to do with her time than speak to a single Newcastle fan like myself. But um, I try not, you know, I, I don't contact her unless there's a, a need for the supporters trust to contact her. Um, she's very kind in, in that offer. to So... Um, there, there is communication still open between us in terms of, of her and the trust. Um, you know, the the last time I spoke to her, it was it was fantastic, and she's very passionate about Newcastle United and Newcastle United supporters. It was positive to speak to someone who viewed the supporters not as a hindrance, but as a massive, massive positive to what they what they were planning to do. Um, I don't know about you guys. I'd be interested in your thoughts. I, I think now that the Premier League have made this statement, I think I think supporters do deserve some answers. Um, probably most of all from the football club, to be honest with you, they, they, they get away with this a little bit, and Ashley gets away with it a little bit here. You know, the Premier League mentioned in their letter, the Premier League has maintained a positive dialogue with Newcastle United throughout the process, and will continue to do so. So let's hear from Lee Charlie and Mike Ashley. Let's hear from them. And I understand a lot of people are calling on the buyers to release a statement, and, and I know you, you probably want to talk about that, Charlotte, but I think we will make try and make contact in, in, in the coming days or weeks. And obviously, if we get a response, we'll, we'll, we'll put that to members. But there isn't some sort of open dialogue between us. Um, 
last time it was very, very clear that she needed Newcastle United fans to try and get answers from the Premier League mm-hmm. that the buyers had struggled to to get. Um, whether we've achieved that for her, I don't know, but I know we gave it a real good go, um, both through the, the trust and MPs and also the petition, which made national news, 110,000 signatures, signatures or whatever. So I think we did our bit as fans. Um, we continue think, to do so. And yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll continue to do so. But now the Premier League has spoken, uh, in my opinion, it really puts the ball back in the court of Newcastle United and the buyers. Yeah. Um. Do you want to talk about other clubs? Is that do you want to talk about already that? have you've done that already okay, have just yeah, that was before. Can you edit that out? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you're going to expose me. I just saw your WhatsApp. Okay, um, okay. Well, on also on Twitter, um, and, I, and I kind of wanted to talk about this. Ben, I'll come to you on this. It's sort of um, us as a fan base now. Like, what next? I guess is 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 the question um how the the question was from graham graham milton on twitter and i I think it's a really good question alex henry um how do we as a fan base put yet another failed takeover behind us and muster up enthusiasm for a new season under ashley and bruce to be honest i'm struggling to have any interest in not only nufc but the premier league also that's all that's his full tweet um Ben, you alluded to this at the beginning that you just don't want to watch Newcastle play anymore. You don't want to. I mean, there was so much. I think this this um, takeover, the, the possibility of it, and, and the fact that it really did seem like a real thing. You know, we've had takeover rumours before, particularly around transfer windows, and um, but this really did. You know, this was sort of the real deal, if you will. So I think it really did galvanise the fan base, and and now it, it, there are still questions like. And ben, you you said you know it's it's time for them for for some proper answers here. There are still, there are still questions and question marks around the whole process and what the hell is going on. But I mean, yeah, it feels like it, the balloon's deflated a little bit. How how do, how do you think we do it? How do you muster up the enthusiasm for another season under Steve Bruce? I have no idea. Um, I'm completely. <laughs> Give us the magic recipe. I know. I'm completely uh, with with Graham. Though is it? It's just a just got no interest to um at, at this moment in time to to have to in, invest my time and an effort <laughs> emotionally um back back into in Newcastle United where it's it's just the same old and there's we've we've gone from a period of where there was potentially a lot of hope and um I mean not not even just to to be honest not even so much around like the uh, the, the financial impact that, that they would have had on the club, just just a, a fresh a fresh owner and with with fresh ideas and and some a bit of positivity around the club, where we actually had a bit of direction and and some some ambition. It's that that's all just been sapped away, and and we've we we're, we're back to Mike Ashley's Newcastle United, and it's just it's it's it is uh, really really difficult to to get excited about and into um what want to engage with again so i mean I, I, we were talking about it a little while ago it's it's a blessing in disguise really I, I, we're probably the only fan base at the minute that don't want the football to to start or that we don't want um the stadiums to open because um <laughs> I, I i just could could not be bothered we're going going into sitting with a quarter empty st james's park and, and watching um watching us uh play, play football at the minute 
it's it's a it's a really difficult one. I mean, I, I, I guess it's it's obviously up, up to each it, each individual have have their own thoughts on on where they, they stand with the club. And I know there's um that's it's sort of caused some some issues in the past in terms of uh, with things like with boycotts and and uh, that that type of stuff. Um, it's it's really really difficult one because ultimately it does appear that Ashley was willing to sell this time so um it's not really as if there's anyone's done anything wrong in in this in this instance and that's why it's so difficult because it's not really that there's anyone really to take the blame so it's a tough one and, and ultimately in terms of the, the, the football team I mean the, the the players haven't done anything wrong Steve Bruce hasn't done anything wrong you know it's it's not really something where they should should feel like a backlash or anything like that but it, it's just really, really difficult to to get motivated to to sort of going and, and trying to get excited about it. So uh, it's yeah, it's it's a really difficult one. Yeah, it's hard. And, and you touched on something. Another question which I was going to ask um, from Adam on Twitter, uh, not TF Adam. Um, when fans are allowed back into St James's Park, do you plan to attend games again? And is that is your answer if? You know, like, are you is it COVID related or is it Mike Ashley related? Um, personally, yeah, I'd, I'd go. Um, I kind of out of curiosity of what it would be like with the sort of staggered arrival times or, or different options that are being mooted at the moment, and it obviously not being a full ground. Um, I, I'm, I'm sort of curious from that perspective. Um, I'm not, you know, like hammering away at the turnstiles, desperate to get into seeing Newcastle United play under another season owned by Mike Ashley. That is simply not the case for me. Ben, what about you? Do you, do you want? Are you going to go back? Do you want to go back? I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, the, the the COVID situation. I completely understand people concerned about that. That per, per se, it's not something that would would stop me uh, from going. Um, but just just in terms of the interest factor, I mean, it, I, I kind of touched it before. I mean, we've as as a, a group of mates, we've we've um, we've gone to we've we've obviously still got our season tickets and still still go to the games. Um, so I mean, the, it's ultimately I'm, we're, we're not going to support Mike Ashley's Newcastle United. We're going to support our Newcastle United. Do you know what I mean? So that 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 bond is still there. We still have the, the love for the club and all that sort of stuff. It's it's just it it doesn't embody what that should be at the minute, and that's that's a frustration. And I completely understand. A lot of people have already taken stances um, where they've 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 either decided to to not go or um, or, or or whatever, but. Um, ultimately, yeah, we're, we're, we're still season ticket holders here. So, yeah, you're um, paying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, it's it's a difficult one. Yeah, it, I've, I've paid to go to the game, so I guess I would. And, and as I say, it's, it's not something where, as I say, that it's, I've said before, it's not Bruce or all the players' fault. So, um, I still believe they deserve the support. Yeah, and that, that's fair too. Um, I would hope, and I don't think that there will be any backlash. But uh, Alex, um, do you have? Do, how do you feel about it? Yeah, I was going to say to Ben, like you said, Charlotte. Ben, you're bloody paying for it, still. So yeah. if you weren't going to go, get that direct debit cancelled. Um, <laughs> you know, not, there are other Premier League clubs who are still charging their fans for next season, but there's not many of them. Um, 
we're still paying. So, uh, you know, refunds have been dropping recently um, for cancelled matches for this season. Um, we you know, the trust have had quite a few people get in touch and say it just uh, it just hasn't been they haven't had the right ref- refunds or haven't had refunds at all. The usual cock ups, to be honest with you, but. Yeah, this is a Newcastle United podcast. We are still going to go to the games. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, there's been for our own back. Yeah, um, gluttons for punishment, all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And you know, I just I got a lot of questions today on Twitter about Gary Hoffman, about arbitration, and like I get it, and I agree with 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 everyone who wants to know about that stuff. Um, but like, I just, I just and I imagine people asking questions because they're the same. Like, who's got a fucking clue about arbitration processes? Like, this isn't this isn't football. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, this is this isn't football. This is just most clubs. Like, you know, if you're like Wolves now, you're like, all oh, right, we're disappointing result last week, but now we've got a, a month, and we've got, we've got to sign some players who are going to sign this left back, and and I know where we do the same kind of, but like the the fans of this club are just relentlessly exposed to the bullshit of others. Mm-hmm. Um, and I suppose getting back to watching a football match, uh, to me, would be a relief compared to all the stuff that we we'll have to go through. Yeah, arbitration processes. If, and- if, if only we hadn't have had a few weeks of of what we were <laughs> sub- subjected to uh, at the end of the season, I would yeah. completely agree with you. But the football was that bad. It, it, I don't want that back. I have to say, like in February before. Before, in the heady days before lockdown and coronavirus was really a bad thing here, I definitely, definitely didn't see myself like reading up on geopolitics of the sort of, you know, Western Asia. I just don't, I just haven't, I can't, I can't believe that from a football fan perspective, I now like know about piracy rights and things the like thing that. Is, Charlotte. Thing is, the, you've got to remember the Premier League doesn't brief anyone. So why, 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 why you were looking for all that stuff is just you know it doesn't make any sense because the Premier League weren't briefing it. It's not mentioned in the letter. It's all in your head. You're absolutely right. It's just actually, definitely wasn't leaked. I'm not talking about the takeover at all. In fact, I'm just talking about my interests and how they've changed. Um, okay, so. Uh, we have to talk, I think, about other bids or alleged other bids. Um, oh God. Uh, obviously, there was the Henry Maurice. Is that what his name? Maurice? Maurice. Morris. Morris. Something Morris, like that, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, which um, I think Luke Edwards of the Telegraph was um, sort of saying that that was a legitimate bid. That seems to have fizzled out. I don't know if, if that's gone anywhere. And then today... Um, this sort of new uh, group, um, Bellagraph Nova, which um, Adam thought that Bellagraph was a, a rude, like a, a rude way of saying telegraph, which I was really funny. Um, but um, they have said that they're um, interested and have provided proof of funds. This is a billionaire group they're worth about 15 billion um and they're two singaporean businessmen um i i mean this is like left field to me i don't know um how legitimate this is or if it's anything to even sort of 
think about. Um, Alex, have you? Uh, what do you know about this? What do you think about it? What do I think? Um, <laughs> could copy and paste numerous podcasts <laughs> that we've done over the years and put this bit in. You know, maybe, maybe these people are real and maybe they're going to own the club. Probably not, though, because anyone ever in this whole thing, when they've talked about what they're doing while they're doing it, has ended up not owning the club. Mm. Let's go back to the first time Stavely tried to buy the club. Let's go back to BZG. Let's go back to Peter Kenyon. There's there's more you can add to the list. Like Rather than ringing up Michael Chopra and telling them that yes. you're cracked on, how about just stay silent and just crack on and do it? And then yeah. a bit like this one, I know there was a story in the Wall Street Journal, I think it was, back in January, Yeah, um, which isn't a sports newspaper at all. Um, the buyers didn't actually say anything publicly until until after the Premier League process started. Mm-hmm. That's the right way to do it. Mm-hmm. Like, don't say anything until you've got all your ducks in order. And to be fair, the fact that Mike Ashley has, has given data room access to, like, allegedly five people or whatever, and they've all kind of come up with the same valuation of the club. Um, and you know you know what he's going to accept. You know he's going to accept a reported £300 million offer. So while you have to do your due diligence and, and all that kind of stuff, you don't need to talk about doing it. You just need to do it. Or oh, you've paid two hundred and fifty grand for this. Well, great. Why are you talking about it? It just by talking about it, it makes it you sound as like as convincing as the Premier League when they talk about um, other clubs influencing the process by not answering the question, just by saying that it's an independent. Pro- like, just don't talk about it, yeah. and and then I believe it more when it comes out. Uh, I'd hate to be negative about this stuff. The, the one positive thing from all of this, from all of this strife, and whatever happens with the current bid from the current supposed buyers, we know for, the, for a fact, for the first time, that Mike Ashley wants to sell the football club for that price. In the whole time he's owned the club, despite various public outcries, various statements, we all know now, everyone listening to this knows, Mike Ashley wants to sell the club. So those that are uh, have the ability to buy it, um, you know, Please come and rescue it. I would love you to, but it's it's not a great start when you talk. You, you kind of give a running commentary, um, and I go back to something Lee Charlie said at a previous fans forum. Um, there are loads of people who, who supposedly get in touch wanting to buy the club. Most of whom are tire kickers. And most of them uh, are, are in it for publicity for themselves. If you want to keep things quiet and you're a billionaire. Like you have the means and the capacity and the skills to do that to keep things quiet. So anyone who intentionally doesn't, um, what, what's the point? I, I don't get where they're coming from. I don't see what purpose there is to it. If you if you have the means and want to buy the football club, just go and do it. Like these guys did this time. The only reason all of this came out was because some Newcastle fans have got notifications on a company's house for Newcastle. <laughs> That's it. Um, so yeah, I'm not very hopeful Charlotte no and 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 neither am I I think you know these things come out of the woodwork and and then and then sort of disappear the the Henry Maurice thing like that was sort of being touted um you know as as a as a a real possibility but I think it seems to just I might I might be wrong Alex correct me if I'm wrong but I I think it just has just faded into the background I don't think that's happening at all to be fair though to be fair Go on, Ben. I was just going to say that could be the beauty of it, though. That's that's how it should be. We yeah. shouldn't know anything about it, but 
I'm, I'm, get, I'm getting myself excited here. I'll, I'll shut up. <laughs> no, it's nice to have a little bit of optimism. Yeah, be it'd be great if um if anyone bought the club. But let's be let's be real here that the club was valued by PIF and the Staveleys and the Staveleys Staveley and Staveley. the Ruben brothers. Um, maybe that's what they call their family. I don't know. <laughs> um, and that was at a time when the club's revenue was what touching a hundred and eighty million. At a time when broadcasting rights and deals were kind of at their peak in the real world if someone wants to pay that money great i'm, I'm all for it but you'd have to think that the, the, the because of everything that's happened with the world that asset is majorly devalued um because of all that you know newcastle have already had to pay back millions of pounds in 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 ticket revenue um i think the, i believe there's a, a payback on some broadcasting revenue as well it it, it doesn't really make any sense that you know stavely has been at this for years, three, four years, planning, getting consortiums together. A lot of people called her a time waster. She is not a time, you know, that, that has been I think that's just rude. Out of question. She is not a time, this is this bid was real. Regardless of, of any potential flaws in it, she's not a time waster. Um, many, many journalists made the accusation, and national ones particularly. And... I just feel like if if you're these Singaporean business people, or you're Henry Reese, why not do it at the start of this last season? Why not do it when Rafa Benitez is still here? Like, why wait until a, a global crisis to then to then do it when you know someone else has been trying to buy it? It just it just doesn't really stack up. Ha- having said that, I'd love to be wrong. Uh, of course, I'd love to be wrong. I'd have nothing more than Mike Ashley to not own the club. But um, I still personally feel it's this it's this bid or bust. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, like that is the all important caveat, isn't it? Uh, I would I would love. Uh, I don't like being wrong normally, but this is one occasion where I really would not mind it at all. But I agree. I think it does seem um, it, it doesn't seem legitimate to me. Um, is there anything else either of you really want to add to our um, discourse on this? I'll just say thanks to everybody who got in touch um, yeah. with the questions. Thanks for all the nice comments that have come in over the past week or two, and lots of people, thousands of people have joined the Trust. Uh, that means a, an awful lot to, to everyone involved with it. Together we are strong. It's been great to see other parts of the fan base come together as well. Yeah, if there is one positive of this whole fiasco it certainly is that that sort of unity piece is um being taken seriously by different groups of fans and um and there does seem to be some um cohesion between them and and long may that continue i think that's a brilliant thing agree so well done to the trust and to the all the fan groups for sort of recognizing you know for thinking bigger picture i think it's very uh it's it's excellent um all right. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll echo Alex's thanks. Um, thanks to the questions that came in on his Twitter. I think we've covered most of them, even if we haven't directly asked them. Um, but of course, if there is anything that you uh, are desperate for an answer for that we can try and answer, do tweet us at TF uh, and UFC. Um, and in the meantime, uh, everybody stay well. And thanks so much for listening. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. 
Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.